As a mom, you wear a lot of hats, and sometimes it seems like you're going in a million directions at once. At the 29-Minute Mom, we want to give you the tools to bring it all under control and reach your highest potential. If you give us a few minutes, we'll help you find those extra hours you need every week to achieve balance and satisfaction in everything you're trying to get done. The 29-Minute Mom. It's time just for you. And now, here's your host, life's organization expert, author and coach, Jennifer Ford Berry. Hey, mamas, it's Jennifer Ford Berry, your host of the 29 Minute Mom podcast. And I'm so happy you're with us today. I have quite a show in store for you. Um, if you've ever just had a situation in your life where you never thought something would happen and all of a sudden you wake up one day, the day does not go as planned and you find yourself in the middle of one of your worst nightmares. Um, We all as moms kind of worry about that day. Sometimes it never even occurs, but when it does, the story that I'm going to share with you today is going to really inspire you to go to God with it because without him, um, it would be very difficult to make it through an incident like that. Um, so this is powerful. Grab your box of Kleenex. You might need it. I am super, super excited to welcome to the show my friend and my guest, Laura Cup. Thank you, Jen, for having me here. It's an honor. I'm so glad you're here. And you're actually in the studio with us. And I usually don't have many guests in my studio, so this is pretty cool. Um, So I want to go ahead and just introduce you as a wife, a mother, a naturopathic doctor. You have a private practice that helps, you know, others learn how to be on a path of wellness. I know you've helped me so much and I'm so grateful for that. Um, And you are going to be sharing a lot of what is in the book that you've written called Broken. It's called Broken, A Mother's Story. And um, you're going to want to get this book by the end of the show today. So um, make sure that you write that down. Broken, Laura Cup, K-O-E-P-P. You can grab it on Amazon. Um, This is a powerful story, and it's one that really is life-changing for so many people. I know I'll never forget it when you told it to me. Um, I've read the whole entire book and it sticks with me even, you know, long after the book has already been put down. So yes. Yes. And so I want to go ahead and just kind of let you jump in and talk about um, what happened on all of a sudden you woke up one day on February 2nd, 2011, you probably thought it was just another day. You had no idea what God had in store for you and how it was going to change your lives forever and so many other lives. So go ahead and tell us, you know, what happened that morning when you woke up? So that morning it was um, going to be, uh, we had a snowstorm coming and it had not happened at that you know, instant in the morning, but it was coming. So school was canceled and it was actually the only snow day there was that entire school year. And so as the day goes on, the weather was starting to change. It was coming in pretty hard and the snow was um, really, it was super windy, super snowy. And I decided, you know, I had a few clients myself and then they were gone. And I was like, that's it for the day. Girls were home. I love snow, you know, snow day here and there because it's nice to just take that break, relax, kind of camp out, you know? 
And I decided I was going to bake some cookies because the girls were like, yeah, bake some cookies. So I was getting on that. Noticed that Cassie was upstairs for a little while. And now we're talking afternoon time. And she was getting all primped up and pretty. And I was like, well, what do you think you're doing? And she says, I'm, you know, I'm going out. And I, you know, was kind of like, uh, no, I don't think so. It's really bad out. I don't want you leaving the house. Well, you know, as teenagers are, they all think they're invincible. And uh, yes, I am. My ride is coming. And how old was she at the time? 17. 17. 17. Okay. Junior in high school. And um, so before you know it, you know, life takes on what it does. My husband's coming home from work. He's trying to pile the driveway. Um, her ride pulls in. I mean, just a whole slew of things. I'm baking. I'm running back and forth to the stove. And before you know it, she's out the door. So how I wish I had grabbed her by her head, <laughs> her ponytail, and just pulled her back in the door. But we had that little, it's in the book, I had a little bit about, you know, no, you're not going, yes, I am, kind of a thing. Mom, why do you always worry? And pretty much those were her last words to me. And um, she never got her oatmeal cookie that day either. So um, she left, and it was like 20 minutes, maybe, that had gone by. Um, and... Uh, her phone is calling me and it was really odd because I really had this really dreadful feeling. And as a mom, you know, you don't want your kids out in the bad weather. She wasn't driving. She was the passenger in the car. And all of a sudden her, you know, it's lighting up Cassie. So I'm answering my phone, Cassie, you know, hello, hello. She's not there. And then I'm starting to panic. Cause I'm like, I already had a bad feeling. I hung up. And my husband's kind of looking at me. He was just kind of in the living room. You know, I'm still baking. And he's like, you know, what's going on? Phone rings again. It's her again. I'm like, Cassie, honey, where are you? You know, I, what's going on? Nothing. Silence. Ugh. Eeriest thing ever. I'm already worried. I'm scared something has happened. Something did happen. So I'm hanging up. I don't know what's going on. My husband's starting to panic. We're both going, okay, something's wrong. They... I don't know how far they could be there was about 20 minutes I think the time was that had lapsed and then our home phone rang there's a person on the phone my husband grabs the phone telling my husband there's been an accident your yeah. whole world is now just completely shattered into a million pieces so this snow day did not end up of course the way that we had hoped and now um to save a lot of words my daughter is now as we found out fighting for her life to stay alive and she was pinned inside the car and my husband was told, or I was told the second, I don't know, my husband had thrown the phone at me and he was throwing, trying to hurry up now and grab boots and run out the door and um, go toward where he thought she was. And um, I'm being told that they are trying to um, use the jaws of life to get her out of the car, extricated from the car. Mm -hmm. And so I'm told to wait till we know where we're ta they're taking her. And this is at this point of, um, I'm crying. I'm trying to get answers. You're really stunned. You're in shock. You don't even know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in shock, but I'm asking the woman on the phone, is she alive? Is she alive? Is she breathing? And when I was like, she wasn't quite answering me. And then it was like, I'm like, is she breathing? Is she breathing? And she actually hesitated. It was her longest, dropping yeah. yeah the longest second of a second you know and then she said I think so that was all I had to go on and um then I I waited for her to call me back which was about 
I want to say seven or eight minutes felt like hours and I'm running around the house trying to just shut off the oven. I got, you know, batter, but you know, cookie batter sitting on the counter, just trying to shut things off. My youngest daughter, um, had a friend over, which was our next door neighbor. So I'm now running upstairs. I'm trying to tell them what happened. They start crying. I'm like, okay. And I got to put my daughter somewhere safe. I'm like, honey, just go home with her. And then, so she did, they went home, um, so I knew she was in a safe place. I had no idea what we were going to be walking into. I did not know what was going to be happening here, what yeah. was going to unfold. So they had gone off the road. They, you know, he, um, the driver had lost control of a car and it was, I think the car had spun and there was an oncoming car. Again, people couldn't, you know, yeah, you couldn't see it was horrible weather and they were T-boned. So that was, they were T-boned and she was, um, completely crushed so the top that it was her side of the passenger side of the car and it was completely pushed in so that she was pinned between the console and the door okay so now you get to the scene of the accident yeah and you know just briefly tell us because you know you've written so beautifully about all these details in the book but tell us what happened when you and your husband pete get to the, the um, scene well it was um super crazy. He, he, I, we knew people. So everybody that was coming on the scene, apparently were people that, you know, they knew my husband from his job or these people, they were community people. So, um, the first person I see the face I see is, um, my, my daughter's volleyball coach. She's on the scene and she's at the road at the end of the road. And I'm being stopped of course. And then I'm talking to her real quick and, um, she at that point knew who was in the accident, but in the very beginning, she did not realize who it was. Um, so I found out, you know, you find all this stuff out years later, but anyways, she's like, you know, stop, stop, stop. I'm going to call your husband to come down here to get you. So my husband literally backed his truck halfway down this road to grab me. I left my van literally running keys in it. Don't care, run. And I'm jumping into his truck. We shoot down there. And um, by this point in time, um, she is, be, the ambulance is driving away with her in it. And they, I believe were going to try to mercy flight her. The weather was so bad, the helicopter couldn't fly. So they couldn't even get her there faster. And she needed to be there as fast as possible to save her life. So in the distance, I see the car and I lost it all. Like I lost it. I just bawled my eyes out and I basically about passed out. I just couldn't even stand up. My knees were just crumbled. I just couldn't even stand up. I was like jello. So my husband's grabbing me, trying to hold me up. We're both just sobbing and weeping. And we were like, okay, we have to get there. So now she's on her way. We know she's going to the hospital and the roads are horrible. It's horrible. All of Western New York was basically shut down. And then we had um, a very nice young man jump in the truck that somebody got and put him in the truck and to drive us there because we pretty much weren't in shape to be driving. So he drove us all the way there. This guy was great. He did not say one word the whole way there. Like he was just so calm, which was probably was good to help keep us a little calmer. Mm -hmm. And um, so we got there and then he dropped us off and we were running inside to find our daughter and we're stopped at a desk and they're telling us they don't know um, what we're talking about. They don't know where she is and they can't find her. So you're just going, come on, she's here. We know she's here. You know, find her, find her, find her. Please, please, please. We need information right away. Please, we need to know she's still alive. And then we were put into a room and we waited for answers. Yeah. And then little by little answers started coming out. 
and it was just horrific information. Right, and you write about all of that in the book. Yes, I detail, um, in detail. Yeah, the details, <laughs> which is quite extensive. Yes. So you're in the hospital as a mom, your baby, you don't know if she's gonna make it. Right. You have two choices, right? Right. You either curl up in the fetal position on the floor it, it, yep. and you just stop, yeah. or you be, you do what we do best, right? We right. be moms. Right, We're, right. So you turn into bear, mama bear. Mama bear starts. <laughs> That's it. What was, the, what, at what point did that, did you, did those thoughts go through your head where you basically had two paths to look at? Um, it was kind of hard to think back to that. Um, as we were being told all of the massive um, injuries that were done to her, that were she had sustained and that she was still breathing in my heart of hearts. Like, I'm like, I know this, okay, guys, you got this. It's immediately, I, I mean, this instant the phone call came, the instant, that instant, I was already like literally just muttering and Lord save her, Lord, just be, you know, you've got this, you save her and keep her alive. And I pray for the EMTs, like, like guide them, guide them, guide them, let them work on her properly, like do the right things, just like calling it out. I'm just calling it out. So then when we're there and we're being told all this stuff, that's where my mind automatically, I'm just pretty faithful person. I'm just, it's automatically directed and that's sense is just turn to God because we have no control over this. And when you have no control, God is in control. And you always have to remember he is in control of everything. And that is totally where my mind went as I'm being told all these horrible things. Um, so with all the weeping and sobbing, my husband and I are going through, you know, in my head, I'm praying, I'm praying for her. Just Absolutely. keep her alive constantly. It's like constant. I, it's it's I couldn't shut that off because that was I knew our lifeline mm -hmm. that was it that yeah. was our lifeline yeah I just the the panic and that feeling of just begging God is just like yeah so heartbreaking me you know I surrendered that position yeah I surrendered her immediately mm -hmm. I just it was just and I knew it like I can remember sitting in the truck driving up there sorry <laughs> praying softly because we had a stranger driving us up there. And I remember just saying, God, she's all yours. She's in your hands. I don't know what's going to happen, but I pray that he would keep her alive as any parent would. Mm -hmm. And um, I felt a great sense of hope. So as bad as, you know, we were hearing everything in the hospital. I still had hope. I never lost my hope. I can jump today, like the, I can remember the third or fourth day, I think it's in the book. I had a nurse, one of her, um, uh, it was the pediatric intensive care unit that she was in. And she was just very, you know, calm and nonchalant about it. But she was just like, you know, we deal with this all the time. You know, this is common. I get it. They see it every day. I get it. And she says, but they usually succumb to their injuries, you know, day three or four. Like we will we'll usually see them succumb to their injuries and they don't make it. And she wanted to give me that as a heads up to prepare me for the worst. Yeah. And I stood there and I was just like, yep, well, okay. I'm not, I heard what she said, but I was not, and I am not that kind of a person that I'm going to stand there and take that and feed on those words that were completely the opposite of everything I am and everything, you know, I want my daughter, you know, to be, and, and I don't want her to hear that. 
I didn't want that going in her brain. I don't know what she's hearing. And um, I was just like, well, you know, you don't know my God and you don't know my Cassie. Mm -hmm. I left it at that. Yeah. Just left you. it at that. Good for you. Mm -hmm. And who knows how much that impacted that person. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and you have to be just so, you have to have so much trust in God in order for yeah. you to be able to say, definitely, here's my daughter. That's right. And I trust you with That's her right. life. Absolutely. So, I mean, thankfully you have that mm -hmm. kind of faith. A million percent. Before you got that phone mm -hmm. call. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the things that I think is really interesting about your story is how you um, decided to handle your time in the hospital, because here you have this nurse that tells you your daughter's probably not going to make it within three days. Mm -hmm. um, you chose not to believe that you chose Correct. to put your faith in God, yeah. but you were also, you know, became the gatekeeper of mm -hmm. her mm -hmm. and her her, what she was hearing, mm -hmm. yes. what kind of to... energy was in her room. Right. Absolutely. Um, everything everything yes. about it. I think that part's really, really powerful. So tell the listeners, you know, how you went about handling your position as mom in the hospital. So you're basically Satan's prey. I have no other better word to put it. The darts are being thrown at you every day as mom, dad, whatever. You're the, and, and you're the advocate. My daughter could not speak for herself. She is now in a coma. She's fighting for her life. She cannot speak for herself. She's brutally injured from head to the tips of her toes. Every inch of her body is hurt in some way. She is crushed. She is brain damaged. Although in the very beginning, we did not know that way. Everything came out, you know, down the road, but as a mom, you have to advocate and you have to stand strong for your child because honestly, they're doing their job and, but they're, you know, they're, they're pushing possibly against maybe things you don't quite know about, you don't quite believe in, or you have questions. You have to be an advocate. And I, all the speaking engagements I've done regarding our story, I so promote, please be an advocate for your loved one in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Do not leave them alone because there is so much that goes on that you would never know about. If I was not there, I'm telling you, there are so many times where I'm like, she would have been dead. She would have been dead over and over and over. Mistakes, all the vomiting she went through, there was just so much that happened to her body and to her. It is it's unbelievable, but I stood my ground and um, there were many incidences where they would, you know, come in and, and they want to, um, they do their big assessment, you know, and there's maybe, you know, 10 doctors all standing around her and they did these rounds. It, it, it's a learning, a learning experience. They're, they're teaching these other doctors and they would come in and they would discuss her. It was softly done and whatever. Um, and then they would leave the room. So, you know, I, I'm new to this. I don't know this hospital thing. This is the first time my whole world just completely flipped upside down. I don't know what, what to expect. This is completely a different plane. I'm on a different planet now than what I'm used to as anybody would be going into this. So I'm learning what's going on. And then I have, you know, days into this, a, a, another doctor just as an example coming to talk to me about her, um, 
uh, removing the, um, the ventilator. She was on the ventilator for a quite extensive time and we have to remove it and we need to, you know, hopefully she's going to breathe. And so we were sitting about six feet away from her on the little couch that was in her room. And the nurse had come in because she was listening to what the doctor was telling me. And the nurse was watching her brain pressure from the stent that was put in her brain, watching it. She literally, and this woman, she was great. She's leaning over the bed and she says, I just want you to know her brain pressure is going up. And I said, there you go, out. Let's go out in the hall. And we're out in the hall. And um, she doesn't need to hear this. I don't care who you are. I don't care what state of, you don't know what state they're in. I don't know what she's hearing. I wanted nothing but positive, healing, godly love over her. I didn't want anything else. I, I don't want any negativity. I didn't want people coming in there bawling their eyes out because it was hap it was already happening. And then, like I said, you kind of I'm kind of learning each day. I'm like, okay, this is going on. I can't let this happen. I can't. You just can't. So when that doctor for this particular incident was telling me that, so we we finished the discussion outside and um, saying that you know they were going to have to do a tracheostomy if she couldn't breathe on her own. So you know we I was being um, made aware of what was upcoming. Uh, that was one incident. And the fact that the nurse stood there and said her brain pressure is going up as we're talking about this. I mean, I was just, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And um, to let me know. And then we had other incidences where, um, you know, so, so many people came to visit. I'm and, you know, so you know, grateful for everybody and all that support that we had. It was tremendous. And um, we had a little gathering of her friends. And these are all these 17 year old kids. And they wanted to see her. They just saw her in school four days ago and now they're coming to see their friend who they probably think is just going to be talking to them and she's just going to be okay in bed in this bed i walked down the hall and i told i think i had three of them at a time and i said look do not cry in there don't let it out because i'm telling you guys this is going to be tough I don't think they believed me. And I said, hold it together while you're in there. When you get out, you can go ahead and cry and whatever. I said, don't say anything negative to her. So I prepped them on that short little walk just down to her room. She was behind all glass so you could see right through. The minute their eyes were in contact with looking at her, I, the, their faces completely changed. So I let them in. And they were, you know, oh boy, it was a whole different thing. And they were not expecting what they saw. And I mean, just everything. She's just hooked up to everything. She's completely out of, you know, in a coma, um, a mess. So they said some things to her and um, it was very short because they were welling, welling up inside and I could see it coming and I'm like, okay, let's go, you know. Mm -hmm. So we just exited the room. They all went you know, as they're going down the hall, man, you know, the tears were flowing. And um, that's one other incident. So I was really like, on guard about how to control who's coming in and out, and what she's hearing, because I, I didn't want her to, um, to hear anything bad that was going to stop her from healing from progressing. So I had incidents, even uh, my own dad, my dad would come every morning, like super early and like, you know, he knew I was like, I'm like, I didn't even drink coffee before that. Now I'm drinking coffee <laughs> to stay awake. So now I have a bad coffee habit <laughs> and that's what brought it on. My dad would, you know, have a coffee for me and like grab me a muffin or something to eat in the morning. And 
literally be waiting for me because he was a crackadon kind of guy and I'm not a crackadon kind of person because I was just at, at one point um, I was able to then go upstairs to get some sleep in the Ronald McDonald house upstairs and it was right above her floor I was right there just one flight down and I was right in her room it was that oh, close perfect. which was awesome so they would even yell at me at two in the morning you know Mrs. Cap, go get some sleep go get some sleep I did not want to leave her I did not want to leave her at all it's very hard um, so I would go get that three hours of sleep. It's, it's all you can do. I mean, you got to try to cope. You got to try to get through every day. And, um, um, my dad, you know, I, I came down with this one incident, this one morning, um, my dad was sitting there and he was, he's very choked up, but he wouldn't sob like he wouldn't sob in there. And he knew I didn't want that happening. And he was getting really choked up so that I walked in, I wasn't there two minutes and I'm just, you know, I kind of just talk over her, talk to her and like, Hey, honey, mom's here. You know, just, I wanted her to just feel okay and feel safe. That was really big. And I would tell her all the time that she was safe and that God loves you. God is healing you. And I was constantly feeding her those types of, of words. And I wanted her to just feel healed and um, not know the damages, you know, so my dad, she started going to a really bad coughing fit and she, and she would, um, again, a person with an MG tube going down, you know, up their nose, down through the back of their throat and into their stomach. And then, um, you're, you're on a, a, a ventilator and all this stuff's going on. And it, it's just, it's crazy. And, um, this one morning she started uh, having a really bad coughing fit and these things would happen. It was, it was horrible. And, um, my dad, like just could not keep it together. He he literally stumbled out of the room. I'm like, Dad, you gotta go. Cause like don't don't not here. And he stumbled out as he went down to the down the hall to go sob down the hall so she wouldn't hear him. And then I would just kind of, you know, the nurse is coming in, they gotta like suction her, they gotta do all this stuff. It just it was horrible. And you know, another another incident, you know, and um I even had to tell my husband, <laughs> her own father, I'm like, you know, Pete, you got to go. Can't not, please. We don't, you know, she doesn't want it. We can't let her hear this. It's hard. You just do the best you can. I feel like you just had supernatural strength yeah. directly from the Holy Spirit. I mean, how else can you I know? was so strong. Yeah. I, I will. I can't, I'm honestly, it was just like, yeah, I don't even know where it came from. And it was totally God just absolutely just strengthened me. I was praying for strength. I was praying for peace. I was praying for comfort through all of this for everyone, our, our family, everybody, just not even just me, just everybody. And especially my healing, the healing of my daughter. And, um, I, I had like an experience that is, um, where I felt literally like God just completely hugged me. I felt completely wrapped in his love. I can't even explain it. It was like literally some, it was an experience. I, and it gave me such great peace that happened. And I can tell you, I think it was like the fourth day after the accident. And I had this such a, a warm hug from Jesus. Mm -hmm. It was just amazing. And I felt like it was like, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And I so trusted, I so trusted in that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
he he's so real he was he, there yeah absolutely every, there every step, every step every step yeah. of the way absolutely and he he saved your daughter absolutely he, it, she's a walking he, miracle <laughs> your daughter yeah. left that hospital she left it not walking but she left that hospital Jesus that's that, right that's right um not without a long hard fight that's right and yeah. um she was how long was she how many days did it end up being that she was in the hospital? We were in the hospital. For, I, I don't know if it was exactly 90 days, but it was three months. It okay. was, it was, it was all of February, all of March, all of April. We yeah. went home literally on good Friday. <laughs> wow. That was a great Friday. Yeah. That was not a good Friday. Was a Friday. <laughs> it was a great Friday and it was yeah, remarkable. So that's how I, it's always in my head because I push really hard to get her out of there. I, I'm just that person and it, they were going to keep her, um, we were going back and forth with a release date, but she was going through so much therapy. And at this point, I mean, she was went from she went from the PICU in the beginning to uh, a week in the pediatric ward of, of Strong Memorial Hospital. And then from the pediatric ward, we went to St. Mary's Brain Injury Rehab, which is the rehab in, in Rochester. So that was the, you know, of where we went, that the path we had to take mm -hmm. to get her home. Mm -hmm. And um so I don't know the exact amount of days, but it was, it was pretty much a solid three months. And, um, we were fighting in April. I was fighting a lot to try to get her home because at this point there were the way that, that they were taking care of her. Um, God bless those nurses, you know, absolutely. But you know, people are, they're human and things happen and, um, it, it gets, it gets very, very disheartening. And, um, uh, my uncle had also passed away during this time. And for the few hours that my husband and I did leave to go to his um, wake, we came back and within minutes, she was um, literally upheaval, vomiting profusely because the nurse gave her a cocktail, um, which was not supposed to be done. I specifically said, do not give her all these drugs all at once because it increases her vomiting. We cannot do this to her. And she was probably in a little bit of a hurry and didn't want to come in and give her one at a time as we had spelled out. And it was really horrible, horrible. I was awake the entire night pacing around her bed the entire night because she was literally like hyperventilating the entire night after that, after that wow. ordeal. So this is where I stand about, we're talking about advocating and standing strong, that this was such a long ordeal. This wasn't just a week in the hospital and just there was just so much to it but again it's all in the book and there's so much you know that goes on you still have a family you still have things going on at home and my husband going back to work and coming back and forth my other daughter she's in in school and you know our family was ripped apart this entire time it was a lot to get through but God pulled us through he walked us through walked us through it all yeah and I'm sure that you were him strengthening you also was a light to so many people that came to visit Kathy to see what faith really looks mm -hmm. like. What, if you could sum it up, what's one of the biggest lessons you've learned through this experience? Um, that would like the life changing that you would not have learned if you had not gone through it. Oh, God's great power, his power that he is improved over and over. He is the great I am. He is the great physician. And um, you have to keep your faith and trust in, in hope in him. Um, that is the greatest thing of all was his power. He created a miracle. 
he helped her come back out of all of this, helped her to walk again, everything. I mean, she was basically from the doctor's perspective, she was doomed. I mean, we were told if she even makes it, um, they, it was basically, they had her marked as a fatality right off the bat. And then it was, um, she may never walk again. We don't know. Um, the neurosurgeons, the neuro doctors, I should just say, uh, sort of extending the thought that, you know, this is up to her. We don't know if she, she could be a vegetable. We had no idea what this outcome was going to be. Mm-hmm. We just had to take it one day at a time, one step at a time. And God helped us through all of that. And he walked us through the fire you know, Mm -hmm. and brought us out on top. And um, he showed his, his just, he revealed himself in so many ways. And uh, the greatest of all, I will say that is, is his power. People need to understand how great God's power is and how he wants to work in our lives. And he wants us to come to him for everything. How, no matter how big or how small, how petty you think it is, turn to him for everything in your life, every need, every aspect, whatever it is you're going through, just take it to Jesus. Mm -hmm. He is always there. You just have to, you know, remember that and seek him out. He wants you to come closer to him. Yeah. And he will answer the call. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more, um, you write about in this book and I just wanted to encourage, um, everybody listening to make sure you get a copy of the book called broken and it will rip your heart out. You will cry. You will feel brokenhearted at times, but the, the power written in the story and how God works through your family is something that we all need to be reminded of and, um, how big he shows up for you in the power of prayer. Yeah. Never, never. And, you know, it's also a story of what you can do for somebody else. If you know what they're going through right now is really difficult and they might need to be reminded that God just wants to be invited in. So, um, we just thank God for saving Cassie. We thank him for your, your peace that he gave you in the midst of that. We thank you. Thank him for your faith. Um, the, just the fact that the Holy spirit can just change your entire heart from panic to peace is amazing. Mm-hmm. If we ask him to, um, it's probably the most powerful story I've ever heard a mother tell. Um, the book is unbelievable and I just want to encourage, you know, share this episode. If you know somebody that's going through something similar, um, and they're just feeling a little hopeless, this is the one to hear that he can show up big time if you let him and he can produce miracles. Um, so definitely encourage everybody to get the book. Thank you so much, Laura, for being on the show. I mean, yeah, you're just such a light and such a beacon of hope for me and for everybody that knows you. So we just appreciate you so much. And thank you for being on the show. And thank you everyone listening out there. I hope this gave you some inspiration and I hope it reminded you of how powerful our God really is. So um, send in our love and we'll be back again next time on the 29 Minute Mom.